Are you stuck in your business feeling like client work is dependent on you? And because of that, you worry it'll all go down the tank when you stop working? If you don't know how to change that, or maybe you do, but it hasn't turned out how you thought it would, stay tuned. Welcome to the Small But Mighty Agency Podcast. If you're a creative consultant or agency owner who wants to know what the roller coaster ride really looks like to grow your business from one to many, you're in the right place. My guest and I pull back the curtains on the realities of growing and running agencies of different sizes and what it takes to build a team. And if you're anything like me, you want more than the highlight reel. You want to learn from the mistakes of others so that you can stop short of making the same mistakes. I'm your host, Audrey Joy Kwan. I spend my days as a coach and consultant to multiple six and seven figure agency owners. For the last seven years, I've been behind the scenes helping people grow, lead and operate small but mighty agencies. Here at the Small But Mighty Agency podcast, we'll uncover what works and equally as important what didn't work to get these business owners to where they are today. Hey, welcome back to the Small But Mighty Agency podcast. Today, we're exploring a question that I get asked all the time, and that's how to make the transition from client work being dependent on you to being in the hands of a team, and more specifically, getting the team to own the work. So where do you start? Well, it's with systems and processes, but here's the thing. A lot of creatives, consultants, and marketers get overwhelmed with the idea of systems and processes. An overwhelmed mind makes everything more complicated. That's why most people wait too long to get their systems and processes in place and stay at a revenue ceiling for longer than they like. They get overwhelmed with how to start. Most people will think of it as one enormous project instead of breaking it down into something more manageable. Just like how you break your yearly goals down into quarterly actions, we need to think about getting our processes down in a similar way. That's the approach I want to share with you today. The opposite of this approach is letting your mind start making a long mental checklist of how many processes there might be and having that checklist get out of control. That's when the overwhelm creeps in. Stop. There's a method to this madness and here it is. My approach, step one, choose one service at a time. And step two, choose one system at a time. Let me explain. To help you see this in action, I want to share the story of Sarah. Sarah is a client of mine. She is a copywriter. I've changed her name and also the details of the services here so that we're not calling her out, but the context applies. Sarah offers three different types of productized services, website writing, sales copy, and email marketing. Each productized service offering is actually a different workflow made up of a number of different systems and processes. I want you to visualize a service workflow chart that flows downwards. At the top, we have marketing. Marketing can be one, two, or three different activities. From marketing, we funnel down into sales. The sales process might have a discovery call, a follow-up call, and a contract. Then we go to finance, which is invoicing, or in other words, collecting money, followed by servicing, such as onboarding and service delivery. 
and then your client offboards or you upsell. That's a basic service workflow. I know that might be hard to imagine. So I've included a free download of what a productized service workflow might look like in the show notes. If you have three productized services in your business, you have three of these workflows. Do go to the show notes to get the chart to take a look at what a productized service workflow could look like. Now, Imagine that each productized service workflow is like a house. If you're a new builder, it's so much easier to start with one house. In other words, one service at a time. You go batty trying to build three different houses at a time. Things get chaotic because you do the kitchen in house number one and away you hop on over to house number two to build the living room. And then you go back to house number three where you build a bedroom. That's how overwhelm and chaos happens. It's because you're trying to build all over the place. You've got to start with one house. In other words, one service. And for Sarah, that might be website writing. Now that you've chosen one service, choose one system. Which one? There are a number of of systems happening to make the productized service work in your business. Each service workflow has the same systems, but different processes. For clarity, systems are core functions in your business required for your service to make money. Processes are the activities inside a system that work together to make the system function. I know what you're thinking. So which system is it? Okay, wait, before we get there, let me just share with you the five systems that every business has. There's the marketing system. So these are the things that help you create visibility. There's sales. So these are the things that you do to convert prospects into buyers. Delivery, which is delivering the service that you're offering. There's human resources, which is hiring and training. And then there are administrative systems like finances and invoicing. So which system do you start with? Well, my clients are typically at a place where they need to create more capacity and they've reached a revenue ceiling. The worry is that the business will sink without them because the most important part of the client work is still dependent on them. When that is the case, our priority is service delivery processes. I'm going to say that one more time. Our priority is service delivery processes. It's the fastest way to help people gain more capacity and overcome income plateaus. You can't grow a service business when the client work is dependent on just you. The unique thing about service delivery is that it's made up of two things. The first is art and the second is craft. Craft is like production work. Some people might think it's easy to figure out because it's the step-by-step of how you do things. Now, there's this other part to service delivery. That's the art. These are things like the strategy or the genius of the business owner. These are the things that are stuck inside the business owner's head. It's what keeps you, the business owner, as a bottleneck in your business. Your craft or, or the production might be a 80% of the work you do, but the art and strategy is 20%. Getting that 20% out of your head makes that 80% work well enough so that client work isn't dependent on you. It's that 80-20 principle where 20% of the work creates 80% of the results. If you only figure out how to delegate the craft and not the art, you build yourself a team of doers who are not accountable to all the thinking that actually has to happen, which keeps you stuck as the bottleneck. Solving for that 20% process or that 20% art or that 20% strategy is that higher value activity. Let me share more. 
Remember Sarah? Well, she's got more work than she can handle. She's at capacity, but she's got a pipeline. That means that she's got clients. She just can't take them on because she's so busy. Now, Sarah thinks that if she hires a VA or even a copywriter, it's going to help her grow her business. And she's not wrong. It will help her grow her business. Both these people that she's going to bring in are production people. The VA gives Sarah some time back from administration and the copywriter will give Sarah some time back from writing some of the copy. But Sarah continues to be the strategic genius in her business. She can't scale her business because everything still has to go across her desk. She's the bottleneck because she hasn't delegated the strategy or in other words, the arts. No matter who you bring into your team, if you are the only one who knows the special art sauce or special special magic sauce and everyone else is doing production, you will have a capacity challenge no matter how many production people you have. It's a step that creatives, marketers, and consultants are challenged by, rightfully so. The critical thinking in your strategy is the magic that keeps your clients coming back. It's difficult to break down your own critical thinking so that others can follow. And that's the difficult 20% that we excel at helping people figure out. You know that as a leader, you can't expect people to just read your mind. Think of it this way. Imagine that you're a handy person. You're you're handy. You can put things together. And then one day someone says to you, hey, can I hire you to build my IKEA furniture? You say yes, because you have the basic skills. You show up and there's a pile of screws, knobs, dowels, and of course, the famous Allen key. But there are no instructions. So you use your best judgment to put things together and you're, you're proud of yourself. You think, great, look at what I created. Except when you show the person who hired you, they think differently. It's not how they imagined it to be. So it's just not right. Now imagine you are the person who hired this handy person and you didn't give them the instruction. The reality is that the instructions were in your head. You want it done a particular way. And if you don't provide someone who is capable with the right resources, it's not the people you hire, it's you. And we have to adjust for that in a business where you want to stop feeling stuck, where client work is dependent on you. If you want to get out of that, we got to pull that 20% out of your head and get it down into a way that you can train someone to do. And of course, it's challenging to teach someone that critical thinking behind things like your strategy or the magic that keeps the clients coming back because... In some ways, it requires you to be contortionist. That's right. You, you have to bend in a way that lets you look inside your own brain to dissect the way you think and, and see your own critical thinking skills and then communicate in a way that someone else can follow. That's not easy. And that's because this isn't just about getting strategy out of your head so that someone else can do it. There's a bigger why here. It's about long-term growth. It's about creating a team in your business that can be led by a higher level thinker who is trained up using your ways of doing and thinking and then having doers support them and who also can be trained up again by using your ways of doing things. This is what we call creating the Mighty Pod model. It's how we help service providers create a scalable team. You create one Mighty Pod in a service business and you can recreate it to scale. 
the Mighty Pod model is the team model for service providers. It's an asset to scale your service business. If you worry that your business will sink if you stop working, get your first pod in place and you can replicate it over and over again to scale. If you're curious about the Mighty Pod model, our signature program, and how it can change your service business, I'm happy to have a conversation with you to see how I can support you to create your Mighty Pod. Send us an email at support at audreyjoyquan.com. And that email address will also be in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on the next one. Thanks for listening to the Small But Mighty Agency podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me. Or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging me at audreyjoyquan.com.